Well, greetings. Uh, once again, this is Pastor Trey from Powell Butte Christian Church in Powell Butte, Oregon, and this is our Sunday Sermon Podcast. Yeah, this is a very special time for Powell Butte Christian Church. Every November, we gear up uh, for our annual celebration called the Lord's Acre. And it's been a while since we actually kind of educated people about what the Lord's Acre was all about. And I figured that this sermon was going to be all about the Lord's Acre because I I want people to understand that it's not just a big uh, festival that we have every uh, uh, fall uh, on the uh, first Sunday of November each year. It actually means something, and it goes all the way back to some roots from the Old Testament. And so that's kind of what I wanted to focus in on today. You know, we are now right into one of my most favorite times of the year, autumn. You have the colors that are changing. You have the weather that's changing as well. You're looking forward to the holidays for Thanksgiving and Christmas, which a lot of times is a bunch of family coming together and just enjoying each other's company. Uh, we also do the Operation Christmas Child shoe boxes here. We, we collect those on November 14th this year, as well as uh, foodstuffs for our Project Love food baskets for the, those in our community who will not have a lot this uh, holiday season. And of course, Thanksgiving is coming up, and I, I just I love Thanksgiving. I, I love the family. I, I love the uh, the smells in the kitchen. I love watching football. It's it's an amazing time. So I love harvest. And again, this Saturday, um, coming up on the 6th of November, is one of those rich traditions that we have here during harvest time at Palby Christian Church. The Lord's Acre has been around for 75 years. Uh, last year, we were not able to do it because of COVID, but uh, we are blessed to be able to do it again this year, and it's going to be twice the crafts and twice the quilts and twice the uh, pies. I don't know if it's twice the pies. It should be. But uh, anyway, we have meat sales and pie sales, whole pies, pies by the slice. We have a barbecue uh, lunch that we uh, feed to people. It's, it's pretty crazy. It's, it's pretty cool. And it's been going on now for 75 years. Now, people have, in our area have heard about the Lord's Acre. People who have been coming to our church have been hearing about the Lord's Acre. But the, the people who have been coming around for maybe the last few years, they, they may not know exactly how and why we do Lord's Acre, what, what it really is about and why we do it. Now, they, they can read about it. We, we put a lot of uh, history out there, and they can read articles about it. But again, I think some people who think it's just a kind of a once-a-year harvest festival type of thing, that they might be surprised to find its roots actually in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Now, I mean, if you're like me, if you love harvest festivals, you, you would probably be uh, surprised that uh, God had commanded the ancient Israelites to actually have three harvest festivals. I mean, if you love harvest festivals, you would have loved to have been an Israelite back in the Old Testament times. They began actually in the spring with the grain offerings, uh, the harvest of the grain, and then uh, they would do another festival at the end of the grain harvest, and then they would do a festival at the beginning of the grape harvest. And if you actually look at those three, even though uh, this first one, uh, the beginning of the grain harvest, would be in the spring for the ancient Israelites, our Lord's Acre, which is in November, in the fall, is actually connected with that first um, festival that God had given to His people. And it was called the Feast of First Fruits. Now, the Feast of First Fruits took place at the very beginning of the barley harvest. 
Barley was one of those cereal crops that uh, nourished the Israelites, that and wheat. Uh, but barley was harvested first because it was the first crop to be ripe. And so essentially, when the barley uh, harvest hit for the ancient Israelites, that was their harvest season and began. And there was a ritual that they would perform with the barley crop. Now, when you look at the rituals that God's people, the Israelites, would, would do, it was their rituals were different from Canaanite pagan rituals. Uh, so the Canaanites had a god called Baal, and Baal was, uh, amongst other things, he was the god of the harvest. And uh, the Canaanite, so, so the Canaanite pagan god, Baal, in order for you to have a good harvest, Baal had to be manipulated, Okay. You, you had to do these rituals. You, you had to uh, say the right things. And if you didn't please him, then he may not give you a good harvest that year. So he had to be manipulated, his arm twisted, if, if you will. But, and that's different than from Israel's God, because Jehovah, the, the Lord God, the one true God, in his character, it is there to be generous. Uh, God wants to bless his people. That's who he is. He doesn't have to be manipulated or have his arm twisted in order for him to take care of his people. And so this festival, this, this ritual that they would perform at the beginning of this festival, it was not a reminder for, for God. It was not a reminder for God to be good. Okay, God, you, you, you know, you've got to be reminded to be good to us. No, it wasn't that. Instead, it was a reminder to the people that God is good that that is in his character, that he provides for them. Now, we read of the instructions that God gave to his people there uh, uh, about the Feast of the first fruits in the Old Testament book of Leviticus, chapter 23. I'm going to read from uh, Leviticus 23, starting in verse 10. And God says, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter the land that I'm going to give you and you reap its harvest, Bring to the priest a sheaf of the first grain that you harvest. And again, that was the barley. Okay? And that priest is to wave the sheaf before the Lord so it will be accepted on your behalf. The priest is to wave it on the day after the Sabbath. And you must not eat any bread or roasted or new grain until the very day you bring this offering to your God. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come wherever you live. Now, it's interesting because God is speaking of a time here in the future. See, he's talking to these Israelites before they even got to the promised land. And he said that one day you're going to get into this promised land. And when you do, when you enter the land that I give you, and when you reap the harvest, then these instructions are to be followed. So God is talking about a a time in the future when Israel... Uh, would possess the promised land, and when they would actually begin to see their reaping come to harvest. I mean, their planting come to harvest. See, they were still wandering in the wilderness when God gave them these guidelines. They didn't have possession of the land yet. So God is talking about a later time. So the Feast of first fruits would be a time of remembering, yes, the goodness of God, but it will also be always a look ahead into the future. Uh, uh, an anticipation that God will continue to be good. He will continue to be the same as he was yesterday, today, and forever, right? He will continue to be good, just like he promised. 
So what are the first fruits, the Feast of First Fruits and Lord's Acre by, uh, by that same measure? What, what do they mean? What's the purpose that they serve? Well, first of all, you, you need to know that both the first fruit feast and the Lord's Acre, is, is it, they are both acknowledgments that God comes first, okay? In Exodus chapter 13, verse 11 through 13, we read, After the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you, As he promised on oath to you and your ancestors, you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. And all the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord and redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. And if, but if you do not redeem it, break its neck, redeem every firstborn from among your sons. See right here, as, as they are getting ready to, um, uh, prepare themselves to go into the promised land, though it would take them about 40 years of wandering in the wilderness before they do that. God is telling his people, guys, when you get to that land, I'm first. God is first. The, the Lord's Acre and the Feast of First Fruits would be a, an acknowledgement that God comes first. He is first. He's the first of everything. He is the uncaused cause. He can't be anything but the first, right? And so when we acknowledge that, Everything tends to fall into place. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, uh, because once the Israelites got into the promised land, by the way, uh, there was still work for them to do as they would confront the giants in their life. And and these were actually real giants for them. But just as nothing can come into order when God is not first, if he is first, things tend to fall into place as they should. So whatever bounty came, God's rightful claim was the first. You know, uh, one of the things that uh, we provide at the Lord's Acre are cinnamon rolls. And uh, we've, got, we've got a number of people who know how to make these amazing cinnamon rolls. And recently, we were given a gift of cinnamon rolls from some of these people, generous people. And uh, Jenny, my wife, had put them in the freezer. Well, they ended up in the refrigerator for some reason. And I started to get into them, and she said, that's mine. You, you can have these over here, but this you better leave one. That one is mine. That was my wife's rightful claim to those cinnamon rolls. Well, God says whatever you have, if it is your firstborn son, or if it's a firstborn animal, or if it's a first fruit, that is mine. See, this whole thing about lambs and donkeys... You, you wonder, okay, what about, so if it's a lamb, you can sacrifice it. If it's a donkey, you have to redeem it. What's up with that? Well, lambs would represent um, clean animals that were acceptable to God. Donkeys would represent unclean animals that were not acceptable as an offering. So here's the deal. It doesn't matter to God if the animal was clean or unclean. Both belong to God. If you're talking about a clean animal, then you can give it to God. If you're talking about an unclean animal, you are to redeem it. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that uh, you were to buy it back from God because, again, God says, that's mine. But God does not want unclean animals, and so you would buy it back from God with a clean animal. So God could then accept the unclean because the clean had replaced it. it. It had bought it back. It was redeemed the unclean was redeemed through the clean. And if, by the way, did you see that? If you didn't redeem it, you were supposed to break its neck. So in other words, what God was saying is, listen, if you don't give it to me, you're going to lose it anyway. So you might as well redeem it. 
so that you can use your donkey, which is an unclean animal, but you're going to redeem it, buy it back from me with a clean animal. See, you, what I think actually is really intriguing about this whole thing is, is this totally points to Jesus as our Messiah. Jesus is called the first fruit of creation. You see, mankind, we're all born into sin. That makes us unclean. But Jesus was not born with a sinful nature. So he was able to live this sinless life. And so he became a clean sacrifice, the lamb of God that would redeem the unclean. Isn't that pretty cool? So we see, first of all, through the first fruits and through Lord's Acre, is that this is an acknowledgement that God deserves the first. He gets the first. He is the first. And so when we come to him in this Lord's Acre, we are bringing him the first. Number two, the first fruits feast and uh, the Lord's Acre, this is a declaration of gratitude. You see, just before the people went into the promised land, the law had been given to them a second time, as well as these instructions for the Feast of the First Fruits. So we now go to Deuteronomy chapter 26, and this is what God says starting in verse 1, and there's, I'm just going to kind of read excerpts uh, from Deuteronomy 26. God says, when you've entered into the land um, as an inheritance, when you have taken possession of the land, when you have settled in it, take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land that the Lord your God has given you, and put those first fruits in a basket. Then go to the place that God will choose as a dwelling for his name, and say to the priest who is in the office at that time, I declare today to the Lord your God that I shall come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. And the priest shall then take the basket from your hands, and he shall set it down in front of the altar of the Lord your God. And then you shall declare before the Lord your God, Now I bring the first fruits of the soil that you, Lord, have given me. And then if you jump down to verse 11, Then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and your household. I love how this offering of first fruits was to be given in view of the whole community, right? It wasn't just supposed to be done in your backyard so that nobody else could see it. It was even supposed to be given in view of those people who were foreigners who did not yet acknowledge that God is first. You see, church people definitely need to see your gratitude to God. But the people who are not yet in God's family, they need to see your gratitude. Why? Well, because in that way, you are declaring a witness to the people around you that your God is good and you are thankful to him. From the very, very beginning, God wanted to take care of his people in such a way that those who did not know him, those who did not yet serve him, would sit up and take notice of how good he was. When God scattered the nations, he chose the family of Abraham to bless in, in, so that all the other nations would look at Abraham's descendants and they would realize not how good Abraham was, but how blessed Abraham was, how good Abraham's God was. And then God's plan was that they would then choose to serve God, Abraham's God, Jehovah, as well. That they would turn from their foreign gods and that they would come to understand that God is the one true God who takes care of his people and doesn't need to be manipulated. And so we thank God in front of our community with the Lord's Acre. Just like the Israelites would thank God uh, in front of their community, in front of the foreigners there uh, for their Feast of Firstfruits. 
We want to show people that God is good. God has always tried to differentiate himself from all other gods in so many ways throughout the scriptures. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, for example, God speaks of idols as the work of human hands that neither can see, they can't hear, they can't eat, they can't smell. Yeah, time after time after time, God talks about these idols that are mute. And what he's trying to say is he's trying to differentiate himself from these mute idols by saying, listen, I'm a God who speaks. I'm a God who speaks into your life, who talks to you. God spoke creation into being. Jesus is identified in the Gospel of John as the Word from God that dwelt with God and the Word that was God. God also differentiates himself in 1 Samuel chapter 12. He he speaks about how these false gods, they're not able to do any good. They're not able to rescue their people because they are just useless. God is trying to show people that he is a God of power, that he actually does things. He creates things. He does good things. He rescues his people. Our faith is not worthless because God proves his power time and time again. He proved his power a long time ago by raising Jesus from the dead. And so through the Feast of Firstfruits, God's people are, we, we, have an, we have this wonderful opportunity to declare the goodness of our God in our gratitude towards him. So yeah, it's, it's a, an acknowledgement, Firstfruits and Lord's Acre is an acknowledgement that God is first. It's also a way to declare our gratitude. And finally, it's a practice of trust. See, when we give God the first, we give God our trust that he will provide more for us, that there will be more. You, you don't wait until you have 10 lambs if you are a shepherd. If that is your business in raising sheep, you don't wait till you have 10 lambs and then you choose the one that you don't really want to give to God. You, you don't give him the one that's getting into trouble by getting into the garden and eating the vegetables or, 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 or the one that's kind of broken uh, or, or lame and kind of limping along and nobody would want to buy that one anyway so that you give that one to God. No, 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 you give God the first. Well, when Joshua was leading the people uh, from the wilderness into the promised land and they were crossing the Jordan, the first city that they came to was Jericho. And God said something about Jericho and and the conquest of Jericho that he did not tell them about any other city. He said, when you get into Jericho and you conquer the city, everything, you are not to take any loot at all. Everything that you get from them, the silver and the gold and the bronze and the iron, that all is going to be devoted to me, says God. You are to bring it into my treasury, into my house, and, 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 and that's mine. You cannot touch that. That is mine. Now, all the other cities, he was able, they were able to take the, the, the bounty, the, the booty, the, the loot, But in both of these instances, with lambs and with the city of Jericho, the first portion, the first that you give to God, will redeem the rest. When you give God the first portion, you're trusting that he's going to bring about more. He's going to take care of you. You give him the first, which again is his portion, and then you are putting trust into practice in a very real way. It's trust because what if after giving God your first lamb, for example, or, or dedicating to his treasury the loot from the first victory, or, or dedicating the first acre to be used for God's kingdom. What, what if? What if there is no more to come? 
That's a, that's a real concern that people have. If I give God my first, then how am I guaranteed to have more to come? What if the land dries up? What if the flocks don't produce any more? What if we don't conquer any more kingdoms? <laughs> do, do you see how that is a, an exercise of trust? You're putting trust in a very practical sense when you give God the first. See, after God promised to take care of you, are you willing to trust that promise? Are you willing to put that promise to the test? See, the idea of first fruits. Can you now see how it gets played in our community every year then in this event that we call Lord's Acre? The people of this community met together 78 years ago with a vision of seeing a church being planted here in Powell Butte. They wanted to plant a work of the kingdom of God. They decided to call an itinerant preacher named D.L. Penhollow. Uh, Powell Butte was one of his communities that he would stop at as a preacher. Uh, he would go to Post, and he'd go to Sisters, and he'd go to all of these other little communities around. But the, the farmers, the ranchers here in Powell Butte area, they went to him, and they asked him, would you please settle down and just be our guy? And they, so they then began to meet in an old schoolhouse at first, but eventually they realized if they were going to do their part in growing God's kingdom, there's got to be a more permanent place for the community to come uh, so that they can worship God and, and to meet Jesus for the very first time. But in order for them to have the funds to build that church, to buy the land, to build, they had to get creative. Uh, so enter a guy who had heard of churches in the deep south of America in, in the same predicament that they had been in. Churches who uh, needed to, to buy land, needed to build buildings. And so they, they decided to follow the practice of the first fruits by dedicating, even before the harvest happened, they dedicated an acre to the Lord, an acre from their own resources. So essentially, they were actually dedicating to God their first. And then using those funds, they then raised, uh, they sold those resources in one big event built for God's kingdom, and that event was called the Lord's Acre. And so 75 years ago, the Lord's Acre was born. Each person, in giving God their first and, and their best, in remembrance of God's promise to do something amazing then with their gifts here in the Powell Butte community, they decided then to set aside one acre of their land one acre of their produce, one acre of their livestock as an offering of first fruits to the Lord to be used then to build and expand his kingdom. Now, I know as Palo Butte Christian Church has grown over the years, there are a lot of people who have moved here who they've never really been a part of agricultural life. Uh, many uh, of the people now in our church, they don't own land. They, they don't even have one acre, much less a lot of acres from which they can then give one acre to the Lord. So it's about time that we talk about this, that we are shifting the paradigm a bit. And it's my job as pastor of this church to let our people know that they have an acre. They really do. They just have to look at it a little differently. So I, I titled this message, What's Your Acre? Now, you may not own fields of alfalfa or raise sheep or cattle or hogs. You, you may not grow crops like potatoes, but that doesn't mean you can't follow the same principle. Each year we ask for people to be involved, and I know I get it. I, I've heard some horror stories recently where we've dropped the ball, and I apologize for that because uh, sometimes people say, well, I, I told you I'd volunteer. I marked my little card, but nobody ever called me, 
and that's on us. I, I need to apologize for that, and we're going to try to do better. Uh, when somebody says that they want to get involved, then we need to make sure that they are involved. But, but ultimately, if you're part of Powell View Christian Church, Lord's Acre is, is for you to be involved in. Not, not just to come and, and, and enjoy the day and, and to kind of watch everybody else do the work. Just like every Israelite was to participate in the Feast of First Fruits, every believer here at, at Powell Butte Christian Church, the Lord's Acre, that they should be involved in the Lord's Acre. Now, some, some of you have financial acres. And so maybe you are called to contribute money, seed money into the event. Some of you have talent acres. Talent acres, and, and throughout the year, you help with crafts or quilts or candy or pie. One of the most precious commodities, though, in our culture that everybody has, by the way, is time. You know, I, I begin to see how, how much we value time in our culture. In fact, so much so that we'll actually have a whole day where uh, one, one part of the year we actually shift our clocks so that we can save time. We, time is our most precious commodity in our culture. And I don't think anybody really ever thinks about tithing their time to God very often. I mean, uh, if we have 24 hours a day, one-tenth of that is 2.4 hours. Who, who really does that? Who really gives God two and almost two and a half hours of their day every day to tithe? See, for most of us, we should look at the acre of time that we have. And then ask ourselves, are we willing to set aside an acre of our schedule? The first and the best rather than the leftover. Oh, you know, I, I got an hour here that I wasn't going to be doing anything in anyway, so I might as well give it to God. Are we willing to set aside an acre of our schedule in order to acknowledge that God is first and to declare our gratitude for all that He has done for us over the course of this year and then to practice in a very real way a trust that God will allow us the time to be able to get everything else done that absolutely needs to get done. Folks, if he does that with our finances, our resources that we talk about, that, that when we give to him the first portion, he's, he, he provides what we need the rest of the time. Can't we do that with our time as well? God, I'm going to give you this first portion of my time, and I'm trusting you that you're going to allow me to have the time that I need to get everything else done. And then, of course, then some of you actually do have an acre you actually have fields of alfalfa or hay or, or grass or you have flocks or herds um, and you can then contribute an acre of what you do. See, my hope is that whether you have land that, that is productive or not, that all of us from this point on, every person in our church will see that the Lord's Acre is not just something that uh, people from our church and our community do, and then is an event for other people to come and uh, attend and talk about throughout the year, but that every person will see that they as they're very essential parts to the whole of our congregation, and they would be willing then to discover what is their acre that can be given to God each year. In, in other words, I heard this said this, this like this one time, it's not equal gifts. We're not asking for equal amounts of gifts, but we're asking for equal sacrifice. The Lord's acre still exists to remember that God comes first and to express our gratitude in our community to a God that provides for our needs. And then finally, to demonstrate a very real trust in that God 
that he would continue to care for us even if we give him our first and our best. And if you believe those things, then Lord's Acre is for you to get involved in. This uh, essentially is our feast of first fruits for Palview Christian Church. So let's venerate and celebrate and anticipate each year as God has called his people to do. Uh, on Sunday, we're going to be uh, doing some uh, prayer time for Lord's Acre. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast and uh, November 6th has not happened yet, would you please uh, just take some time to pray for us? I pray that uh, it would be a good event, that uh, people would be blessed, that people would see our gratitude to to God and our trust in Him as they come and, and participate that would be very, very helpful for us to know that people are praying for us um, throughout this country and around the world, uh, whoever's been listening to this podcast. All right. Well, again, I'd like to thank uh, Lisa Welly, uh, my executive producer, for making these podcasts possible, uh, for Steve Pittman for uh, providing all of the e- equipment and, and things like that, that we can actually get these on to the, uh, the website and uh, anybody else that's involved, uh, this is not just a one-man uh, operation. And so just want to thank them for doing what they do. I want to be grateful for them uh, to get the, these messages out to you. Again, if you're ever in the Powell Butte area in Central Oregon uh, on a Sunday morning or Saturday night, uh, you are invited to our Cowboy Church Saturday night or one of our three services on a Sunday morning uh, to 8.30 and 10.30 and 11.30. God bless you. Hope to talk with you soon. <laughs>